Welcome to the Covation Center podcast and the From Bars to Business series. This series focuses on the challenges of reentry for the justice involved and how businesses can benefit from hiring them and make a positive difference in their lives. This podcast is funded through a grant from the First Community Foundation Partnership of Pennsylvania. Teresa Kohler and Steve talk about the various support provided by the federal government and the state of Pennsylvania to assist businesses in hiring anyone, including the justice involved. Let's get talking. It's been a while, but I'm back talking with Teresa Kohler from CareerLink. And, and this time, we're going to be talking about, well, CareerLink and the various services and opportunities that are available for businesses as they look to hire or consider hiring justice involved. Teresa, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Steve. Oh, always a pleasure. Uh, the deep, dark secret for those that you know are keeping score. We actually had recorded this episode. Well, I thought I'd recorded this episode, so we're going to do it again um, because this is really important for us to be able to talk about these topics. I kind of want to set a stage. We're, we're now eight, nine, ten episodes in in this podcast, and and the conversations we've had have centered around what businesses should be looking at, the things they should be considering when they look to hire someone who's justice involved. We've heard from justice involved people about what they've had to do to prepare themselves to be hired and be hireable. And in fact, we heard um, Corey Amos from Flagger Force talk about the fact that it's not charity. We look at people and we should be looking at them like we would anybody else. Can they do the job we're hiring them to do? and then see this as an opportunity beyond that. Uh, luckily, we are, I'm, I'm setting all of this up to say, luckily we can look to places like CareerLink to help us as business owners uh, mitigate any potential risks that we might see in this regard. So Teresa, what are some of the things, just a broad brush of things that CareerLink has available for us? Uh. I think um, most people, or at least most employers, realize they can post jobs with CareerLink. Um, so it's a free posting site um, that anyone pretty much has access to that creates an account. Um, so they don't even have to come to our CareerLink office. They could be doing it from home. Um, so we I'll do. Be, have- I'll be doing that again soon myself, in fact. <laughs> You still haven't sent me that job description yet. I know it's on its way. <laughs> so, um, and and we also help to tailor and, and try to make them more interesting and, and guide em- employers with how to present the information. Um, we also assist with offering solutions um, as to how they can market those positions even outside of CareerLink. And we link them up with a lot of resources to be able to do so. And as much labor market information as they need to be making the best judgments that they can. Um, we also do, since I'm talking labor market information, we do wage analysis requests um, so that you can see if that wage that you're at is comparable to what's going on in Lake Cumming County, the central region, and the state of PA. That, of course, through COVID has been um, more used lately. I can't imagine why, but we can all imagine why. We see that um, rates are increasing across our workforce region. Um, We pretty much can help a business with any challenge that they're facing. Um, I know we're primarily looked at for workforce issues. So obviously that recruiting part of it, um, we can offer our on-site recruitment events, our backup and running since we have been um, 
less restricted with COVID now. Um, we can assist with your own company on-site job fairs. Um, we can help in any aspect with recruiting. Um, in addition to that, you know, we always have job fairs through the year pre-COVID, and we are about to again, but I Good. don't date confirmed, so I can't put it out yet. Okay. And as I do, employers will be able to see that, and we'll be advertising it. Now, really quickly, where if I want to go see that, where would I go to see this online for an advertisement? Uh, for a job posting? Job posting or any of those right now. Okay. So for job postings, that is on our pacareerlink.pa.gov website. Um, so anyone can go on that and see that. We also have constant contact email blasts that go out to um, anyone in our database that has requested to be put on that um, employer and job seekers. So we have a job seeker constant contact that goes out for, you know, those recruitment events that are coming up or job postings that are out there. And for an employer, um, we have a lot of seminars and resource information that goes out to them. Um, and then of course we have our program staff that are working one-on-one -on -one with individuals that choose to do that job seekers that want that more intensive service. Um, they'll come into our office for that. So those are the job postings, recruitment type things. But honestly, any challenge or issue that an employer is facing, um, a CareerLink business consultant can come out and honestly see what's going on in a system and get them set up with any type of referral that may be necessary um, and help them resolve those issues or those challenges, whether it's supply and chain, transportation, infrastructure, energy, workforce, obviously, um, or even expansion. There are many resources, as you know, Steve, because we're on part of a team to be able to do that, yeah. um, that, that we can utilize and assist them with. So I think a lot of people forget uh, CareerLink is not the unemployment office. <laughs> we actually do a lot of other things. Although it seems like we're the employment office, right? Or our unemployment office right now with the job seekers and the employers with this new changeover of the system, which I know is very challenging for everyone. Um, but yeah, there, we have plenty of services out there. We do like to consider ourselves a one-stop. We are striving to get to that where if an employer has an issue, they can literally pick up the phone to CareerLink and CareerLink is going to put them in touch with a staff member who's going to be able to assist them through any problem they're coming up or any challenge they're facing at that point in time. Yeah, one of the things I like about this, and, and I, I realize I may be overstating it a little bit, but you know, a lot of businesses have an HR department. And so the larger companies will come to you, their HR department will work with you and, and try to find people for recruiting and bring in. But people like me, small businesses where I don't have an HR, I am HR and the executive director and finance and all those others, you're there for us as well. You help us navigate the HR world in some aspects of it and kind of serve as our adjunct HR office as well through some of these things in terms of job postings and, and helping us when we send you a job description. I, I believe you came back and said, are you sure you want to say it like this? <laughs> right. Well, uh, with our business service team at our CareerLink office, um, part of our mission statement is that we are an extension of human resources for middle-sized and small-sized companies. So absolutely, we really do try to stay on top of, you know, any of the changes that are coming out or any additional grant money that's coming out or resources that are available so that we can share that. Um, and if we're not aware of it, we're going to be reaching out to our partners that are out there um, that are going to know about it. So we do pride ourselves on that. Um, and a lot of companies aren't aware of that. Now, so, one, one, of the other things I know, one of the other things I know you all do 
is uh, some training, some working with the people who are job seekers. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are some of the things that as, as I go and look to you all to help me hire someone, I, mm -hmm. I, I know that they might have been getting some assistance from you guys. Right. Uh, so on the job seeker end of it, if a job seeker requests that additional you know, intensive service that I spoke about earlier, they will start working with a staff member um, and they'll identify what career path they're really looking um, to go towards. And then we do have individual training accounts um, if it's considered high occupation need, which um, pretty much right now, most positions are considered high occupation need. I'm sorry. Uh, it is, it's difficult, but um, the money is there. So we utilize those funds for that individual to get that training so that they develop more skills to be able to go into that area. And with these individuals that get the more the one-on-one -on -one individualized um, programming and assistance, um, they are then brought to our business service team. Um, we have match meetings every Friday in which they are brought to our attention, their resume and their career path. And one of the things I do then is I take a look at that and see what positions they're really looking for. If they have companies in mind. And then I do outreach to those businesses to see if they're interested in this candidate. Um, that seems to actually work out very, very well. I will say, though, that, you know, pre-COVID, as we discussed before, the unemployment rate was really low. Um, so, you know, we weren't getting a lot of individuals in that I could, you know, actually reach out to businesses with. Um, and during COVID, you know, we're still kind of in that slow flow right now. I think that's a good term to put it at. But we know it's going to pick up. We know it's going to pick up towards the end of August. Um, and we're ready for it. And I can tell you our businesses are ready for it, too. <laughs> We, we are, and we all are, and it, it, we are just right now, this is uh, July 13th in 2021 as you're recording this, and there's some changes coming down the pike. Pennsylvania is going back to requiring people to report that they've looked for jobs and so forth, and the numbers I saw is we're still at 750,000 people unemployed, high unemployment numbers, and nationwide, we're seeing signs up everywhere saying help wanted. So yes. we're in this really weird, I'm going to say government-induced uh, miasma. I'm going to call that, somebody go look up that word and tell me I used it incorrectly in the comment section. But uh, okay. we're in this kind of weird thing where it pays people to not work. And, uh, and, and I understand that, honestly. In fact, the conversation I had recently is, if you're going to pay me 20 an hour in exchange for me giving you eight hours of my time, or someone's going to pay me the equivalent of, I don't know, 17 an hour to not give you eight hours of my time. Why would I, why would I give you something in exchange for something when I can get something without giving you anything? I mean, just it's self-interest. I mean, good old Adam Smith and the whole capitalist market. It's a better deal for me. So <laughs> we need to have some conversations about that. But that's a, a whole other podcast for a whole other time. No, so let's say I, I come to you and in my concern as a business owner is, yeah, I think this person's a good fit. They they have a background that's appropriate. Um, but I'm a little concerned about their background. Uh their their criminal background, their justice involved background, their background barriers, if you will, are not anything that should keep me from hiring them for what we need but I'm still a little concerned about the risk of bringing somebody on like that. What are, are there state programs, federal programs, any local programs that, that, 
that can help mitigate those risks? There are. Um, there definitely are. And I can actually go over a few of those. And and I think I, I want people to remember that you're taking a risk anytime you're hiring someone. Well, absolutely. That's a good point. So, I've, um, I've, I've had a few of those. <laughs> I think so we all I'm, have, right? So what I'm going to say to that is that, you know, you can look at what I'm going to present to you in a variety of, of ways. Um, there are you see a lot of job hopping and so forth too. That's a concern. Um, yeah, there are a variety of issues. So these programs are, are not just specifically geared towards um, justice individuals. Um, there, there are many other, other ways that you can utilize these programs and you can use them together, which is a huge savings. And I did a little scenario. So if you'll give me a little time earlier, I'll go through it just to show some dollar amounts, because as a business person myself, I can tell you dollar amounts matter. So they do put that out there. And this is for you too, Steve, when you hire next time, just so you know. Appreciate that. It's good to know. So the first, first things first. We are not for profit. And so we have to keep that in mind that, you know, margins can be tight. (laughs) These programs can be used for for for-profit or nonprofit or even local government, um, the government itself. So I I do want to go through them and I think you'll kind of get a really good idea of how they can flow together. Um, But when you're talking risk, let's say that um, you've looked at a background of an individual and there was a theft charge, you know, a couple years ago, person did their probation, or let's say they got a small state sentence, and they're going to be working around equipment that's pretty expensive or something. And, and that is your concern. Will they steal something that I have? Um, so in recognizing that, you know, the government has put together programs. So we have the federal bonding program. And this federal bonding program can be utilized um, if you feel that there's any risk with someone. So you go through the Department of Labor and Industry. It's free of charge for six months to the employer who is going to hire the individual. Um, And the bonds are available um, in increments of $5,000. So the maximum amount that you can bond an individual for is $25,000 for free up to six months with this program. Um, So that covers financial loss from theft or larceny or embezzlement or fraud that's committed by that individual um, during that six-month period. Um, You can extend that. And if you extend that, there is a little cost to that. And that's something that you work with the Department of Labor and Industry on. So if you want to federally bond someone, I mean, obviously, we're talking about justice-involved individuals. So anyone that has a record of arrest, conviction, or imprisonment, anyone with poor financial history or who's declared bankruptcy, ex, and this, this is termed this way, so you have ex-addicts with history of alcohol or drug abuse. I'm reading it right off the form. Um, those that have been dishonorably discharged from armed forces, or even persons lacking a work history. Um, from a low-income family or disadvantaged youth. And, and I think that employers don't utilize this program much. And it is really there to protect you as an employer, and it's free of charge for the first six months. Um, so it, it's an exceptional program that's totally underutilized um, that I really wish more employers you know, would really take a look at, because if they did, 
they could really open up and take some chances on individuals that they would not have taken a chance on in the past. And that's just one program. So the next one I actually want to talk about is the Work Opportunity Tax Credit. Um, again, a very underutilized program that was extended. So you actually receive financial credits um, at the end of your at your end of your calendar year when you're doing your taxes. And there's a variety of individuals that fall under this category too, you know, so it can be an ex-felon, um, qualified veterans you can get this for, individuals that are on TANF, um, or if they're designated as a community resident, or um, if you got, if the person you hired um, was referred to you from OVR, if they're a summer youth employee, and, and this one, I don't know why more employers don't utilize this. If you're hiring summer youth, you get a tax credit for this. Um, if an individual receives SNAP, which is the old food stamp program or SSI, um, or they've been on long-term unemployment, which we're going to see a lot of people, you know, going back to work who are going to actually qualify under this long-term unemployment. So it, it's the tax credit that you get, you know, at any size business can get it. Um, so you can earn, you know, a tax credit that's equal to like 25 or 40% of a new employee's first year wages. I mean, that is a lot of money coming back, you know, and really nice tax credit. Um, and you can earn, you know, 25% if the employee works at least 120 hours, 40% if they work at least 400 hours. So, you know, that, again, underutilized, Steve, this is something that should truly be in everyone's onboarding packet. This, this um, work opportunity tax credit paper should be in the onboarding because you can have the individual fill it out, see if they check any of the, I know you hate to check the boxes, but this one's well, for- Actually, <laughs> keep in mind, one of the things I've learned is, is we, we need to check the boxes but that doesn't need to define who we are. That is right? right. And I think that's what's important to come away from with this. So this is a good check the box because it's a tax credit. Yeah. So And again, underutilized and should definitely be in someone's onboarding packet. So I can tell you when I work um, with small employers, the small employers I've worked with, this has not been in it. So it is a staple now. It's automatically in for the ones that I work with. And everybody fills it out because you, you don't want to be asking someone these questions. You know, um, there's that confidentiality issue or that uncomfortableness. But if they see what it is as an employer, you know, that you can get this work opportunity tax credit and they complete it in their own packet, you know, they're more likely to fill that out, um, you know, and another, while I'm throwing this out there, another um, thing to actually put in there is there's actually a checklist as well for um, individuals with disabilities and so forth. Um, that sheet, there is a checklist that's out there um, that can help individuals that really need to hit that seven, or companies that need to hit that 7% of, um, you know, disabled individuals and so forth on their um, on their business end of it should also be in the onboarding packet. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, so here you go, getting this nice, huge tax credit. You have the person bonded. Well, what else is there out there for me? 
Well, if it's a justice-involved individual, they're going to automatically qualify for what's called on-the-job training. And this actually goes through your PA Career Link office. And on-the-job training is funding that has been put aside by the, you know, by the state government um, back into workforce areas. So each workforce region you know, has on-the-job training funds available. And employers, as long as they pay their taxes, they you know, pay out... Um, they're, they have workman's comp insurance and so forth. They're going to qualify. So this program, you have to offer at least $10 an hour, and it has to be considered a job that's 30 hours or more. That's what they consider full-time, 30 hours or more. Um, okay. so around here, again, this program is underutilized, and I try to get employers um, to recognize how great of a program this is as well. And, and we do a lot of contracts in Lake Cumming County, though. I do. We we actually do. Um, and employers are starting to catch on to this. That it is great because if you are hiring, especially you know right before COVID and now during COVID, you know you're not finding the individuals um, that you were before that have all those skills and all that education and everything that you were looking for. It's gotten to be a tougher market and this is a great tool to assist you with training them. So they are your employee and we are going to reimburse you 50% of their workable wages for up to six months. And I, I remember when we talked about this last time, it is a reimbursement. So I, I yes. will be front, fronting the money. And yes. that first few paychecks, but the money will be coming back to me. Yes. So it is as if I made a regular hire, but I, I know that in a few months, because it's the state okay. government, who knows how long it takes. But after Steve, a period of time, we're good at those reimbursements. Don't you say that? We're very good at these reimbursements. It's okay. Months. <laughs> it's done on a monthly basis. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> so it is money coming back to you that you put back into your business and you decide what you want to do with that then. You know, so if you think about this, you know, you have, you have concerns that, you know, the person has some of those skills and, you know, you, you're not 100% sold, but are you going to find that person at 100% sold? It's just that they're lacking those skills and, and you may be a little worried about that previous record that they had. So I want to give a scenario on how this could work. <laughs> and I was pulling up figures here. And again, if we're business-minded, we're looking at money. I mean, we want them to be a good fit. We you know, I really hope they have all the skills and education, but that's just not the case in the market the way that it is now. And if you do find that person, you know, grab them and keep them. Do everything you can to keep them. Um, so let's take a look at, um, you know, we, I think in a previous podcast, I talked about HVAC and the reason that I did was because, um, an individual that was incarcerated while I was at the last prison that I worked at and retired from, um, was one of the inmates there and he went through our HVAC program and he worked with an HVAC instructor for quite a while, a couple years. And when he got out, he actually came to our career link office and started working individually with one of our workforce developments or one of our workforce specialists. And um, they presented him to me and I knew the name. So I knew the skills he had and I knew the hard work that he put in. And I contacted a local HVAC company and um, asked if I could come out and speak with them. And, I, and this individual was on the job training qualified. 
Um, and I wanted to present his resume and discuss him because I knew who he was. You know, he had worked in my units plenty of times. <laughs> and um, I know the ethic that he had and the pride that he took in his work and how much he wanted to succeed when he got out. And honestly, I wanted to help him succeed. So yeah. um, he had those skills. It was very hard to find an individual with those skills. So I went to a local company and I had a meeting with them. I discussed it. And um, since I had personal knowledge of this individual, um, they were willing to give him an interview. And when they interviewed him, they really liked him and he was able to demonstrate um, some of the work that was going to be required. Um, so it worked out great. Um, we did do an on-the-job training contract there and the employer was paying him $20 an hour. I got the contract for six months, which was 1,040 hours. That employer was reimbursed $10,400 through the six months from this individual working for him to go back into paying for a little of that overtime or to offer incentives for training and so forth for other individuals that were helping to assist to train this individual. Um, so it's a significant amount of money. On this, at the same time, he was not using the work opportunity tax credit papers um, on his on, in his onboarding packet. So we made sure that that was in there and that he filed for that. He ended up getting 40% back um, for the first year um, of that individual's pay as a work opportunity tax credit. Um, and then he did actually have him federally bonded and did that for the six months. Um, and he did not extend it because there was no reason to. And the individual is still working for him to this day. Nice. So it's, it's a phenomenal story. It was an opportunity. And I can tell you, this individual is not leaving. He has loyalty to the company because they gave him a chance. You know, he continues to get raises and um, actually is training new people coming in. And it's opened their eyes to actually take a chance on hiring justice-involved individuals. Um, so their eyes were opened quite a bit to the fact that, um, you know, this is a good way for them to go into trade skills because it's very hard right now to find individuals um, in trade skills. I'm glad you bring that up. We are going to be talking uh, in the next few weeks with people from some of the uh, SCIs, what state correctional institutes here in Pennsylvania, about some of the other programs that they have that actually tie in with the DCNR, the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Mm -hmm. And there's some programs that they have there for arborology or trees Yes. And riparian buffers, <laughs> Stephanie corrected me yesterday, it's riparian, not riparian um, buffers, and that they can be working with landscaping companies and, mm -hmm. and various orchards that are in the area as well. So there's a lot of opportunities there. And when we, get, when we let the businesses know about those opportunities, we send them to you, right? So you can help those businesses leverage these programs that yeah, uh, will enable it. That's definitely the goal. I mean, it's, and again, it's a tough market right now. Um, but they, what, what employers really need to, to realize is they don't just have to rely on us sending them individuals. Um, the on-the-job training program, Steve, you can do a reverse referral on. So not everybody goes through PA CareerLink. <laughs> 
Most people are out there actually applying on their own positions, but these programs are there. They can be utilized. You do not need to have a referral from PA Career Link to utilize on a job training program. You can simply call us and say, I have an individual that does not have all the skills or education required for this position, and we're interested in securing an on-the-job training contract, and we are going to assist you and, and try to go through the process as quickly as we can to get that person started. That. I'm going to ask a question. This is a high-risk move in a podcast. We're live-ish. Uh, We're live-ish, right? I mean, I could, in theory, delete it, but I won't. Let's say I've got someone and I want to move into move them into a position for which they're not qualified, but I think they can learn, but they've been with me for a little while. Can they qualify for OJT? That is something that um, the Workforce Board actually just brought up in a meeting that we had last month, is that they are willing to look at that. That'll require special approval, but they are willing to look at that now. They, they've been trying with this labor shortage and, you know, and um, I will, it is a pandemic. It's not just a pandemic with, um, you know, on the medical end of it, it, it is definitely a pandemic in the, in the workforce too. Um, they've been more open to trying to secure ways that we can utilize more of these funds and be able to help businesses. So that is a possibility. It is not a guarantee. Appreciate that. That's, that's interesting. That they would take a look at that and see if there's a possibility that we can move forward with it. I so, like that. Thank you. And, I do and I will too. tell you, as you know, I, I traveled out West uh, at the end of May and into June. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I drove out there, I said in one of our calls with the state offices here, uh, I called in from Montana. And, you know, I was kind of dropping where I was. Hey, I'm, I'm out here in Montana. I was just at Little Bighorn, you know, Custer's Last Stand. And and I went to the trading post and the restaurant there. And they had a sign up saying, you know, because of the high unemployment compensation and because of COVID, we aren't able to hire people. Please be patient as we are understaffed. And so it is a nationwide, as you say, pandemic. It is an epidemic of, of, of unemployment proportions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everybody is struggling with this. And I suspect in pandemic, in the sense that I suspect it's probably playing out nation after nation after nation, mm-hmm. as we all are dealing with not only COVID, but the government responses to COVID mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so we're all in this together. I think I heard this a year and a half ago, right? We're all in this together. We're all just in a different thing together right now. <laughs> Teresa, are there any other things that you want to highlight uh, or, or maybe just remind us again about the website address? Well, um, there are other programs through CareerLink, but uh, a lot of those are individual programs. We do have um, paid internships slash paid work experience programs. They're typically um, with younger individuals, so they can be in school and out of school youth. And with those programs, we actually pay for you to have them on your site um, as an intern and they are able to work up to 30 hours a week for 240 hours. And some of those individuals are justice involved, Steve. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, some of those individuals are. Um, we also have our EARN program, which we're able to do those paid internships slash paid work experience with as well. Um, and that's a little different. Um, uh, that's more... Um, oh, Hours are dependent upon their income, so they may not be able to work, you know, 30 hours a week and maybe 20 hours a week. Um, But the goals of those programs is to get them into those career paths 
and honestly give an employer an opportunity to see how they work, to do some training with them um, in the career path that they're searching for. And if that's a, a good um, a good mix, I mean, the individual is working well for you, you like them, you can hire them on. We'll actually turn that into an on-the-job training contract then. Um, you know, and again, we'll add more job duties to them and so forth because they'd actually be your employee at that point of time. And then again, we can reimburse you that 50% for up to six months, depending on the skills gaps. So we, we do have programming that can run together. Um, but the important part, of course, is making sure that it's a good fit for the company. And while you're utilizing those, you still, you know, once they're in your employee with an OJT, you still have that work opportunity tax credit and that federal bonding. Um, in addition to that, just so you're aware, if a company um, wants to do in-house training and so forth, there are programs and services through that. Um, CareerLink, um, through our educational program, which Penn State actually does our educational programming at the like coming CareerLink, it, it is not the same everywhere, Steve. Um, they will help to develop and, there, and there's grants out there and so forth to help businesses to train their staff. We call that incumbent training. Um, so that is there. And of course, we have other opportunities um, for other resources for training staff inside um, their business. So again, there's a, a large, a wide variety of, of programs and services that are offered. Every business is unique and has different needs. So I just encourage them to reach out to PA CareerLink. They want to do job postings and so forth, you know, reach directly out to our office. Most of the time, we'll even like write them for you and do them for you. If you want to hold recruitment events, um, you want to learn more about the programs and the services, then you want to contact me directly. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, um, and again, you can call PA Career Link for that. I think Steve puts information up so that you know who I am and uh, how to get a hold of me. So we certainly would have uh, we'll have that information <laughs> in the show notes, and uh, people will be able to do that. And by the way, you just reach out to us at covationcenter.org. And uh, we'll have all the information there as well. And of course, anybody can reach me at sbrady at covationcenter.org as well. Teresa, thank you for joining me today. It is always a pleasure. Uh, and you know what? Maybe it's a blessing. Maybe I accidentally didn't record just so I could have the privilege of talking with you again and, and getting through some of these things and, and hearing it again from me, reminding me that the Covation Center needs to do some of these things as well. So thank you and thank you for the passion that you bring to helping businesses and employees come together and, uh, and be successful. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Hopefully you found it informative and please listen to the remaining parts of this multi-part series as we explore the ways businesses can be successful in hiring and providing support for justice-involved individuals. We encourage you to check out the other resources the Covation Center has for small business owners. Visit our website at covationcenter.org and be sure to watch our video series on YouTube. Just search for Covation Center. We provide various videos designed to help you start and grow your small business. Until next time, have a great day.